I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. On today's episode, we have Nikki Karatoth. She's a traveling registered dietitian from San Francisco, California. She's passionate about the vegan lifestyle and helps women transition from a meat and dairy heavy diet to a plant-rich lifestyle so they can lose weight feel energized, and live their best lives. You can find Nikki on Instagram at plant-based, period, stress-free. And you can also find her on Facebook, Nikki, and that's N-I-K-K-I space, Karatov spelled K-A-R-E-T-O-V, and you can check it all out in the show notes. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Yay, super stoked. So I like jumping in and asking dietitian bosses to talk about where they started out and comparing where they started out versus where they are now. So one way to start is, did you even have an Instagram when you started your business? Yes, I did have an Instagram. I started it maybe three years ago, and it's been through a lot of transformations from the very start until now. So in the beginning, I was posting food photos all the time, posting recipes, trying to make the photo as beautiful as possible. But yeah, I wasn't really consistent and I was just kind of posting as I wanted to. And it was mostly just for fun. Yeah. A lot of people can totally relate because obviously it's a visual platform. So people are like, if I just post something visual, that's the whole point of this. But it is different when you're looking to market and put yourself out there and let people know you're open for business. So Iterations is a great word for it. And it's a good thing. It's a growth journey. And it's important that people recognize you got to start from somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And with your Instagram account, were you attracting anybody? Like what type of work were you doing or promoting on that account or on this account that you have now? I was promoting plant-based recipes and trying to offer little tidbits on plant-based nutrition, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't offering a service. And I got a lot of comments saying, oh, that food photo looks good, or that recipe looks awesome. But I really, you know, realized that it wasn't making any money. (laughs) (laughs) Which is important. It's like, you've got, you got bills to pay, you have goals that you want to meet and Making money obviously makes that possible. So thanks so much for sharing that, Nikki. I know a lot of people can totally relate with just kind of randomly posting things, but let's talk about an area of work that you were actively working with a client. So can you share what type of work you were doing before you decided to jump in and start your private practice on Instagram? And considering that you do really support the plant-based diet and lifestyle in that role, where you happen, did you happen to work with that ideal dream client that you were seeking to work with on social media? 
So the answer is no, I was not working with my ideal client. I became a dietitian about three years ago and I immediately jumped right into clinical. And during these three years, I had the opportunity to work as the primary burn unit dietitian, which was really unique. And, you know, I liked it because I really got to know the patients and I really got to see their progress over time, which I loved. But being plant-based and being in this vegan lifestyle, I really wasn't helping patients in the way that I wanted to because their primary interventions were very high calorie and very high protein, which meant that I was basically telling them to eat a lot of meat and drink as much milk, eat as many yogurts and drink as many supplements as they possibly can. So I just really came to the conclusion that one day, you know, I realized that I wasn't being aligned with who I was as a person and I wasn't helping people in nutrition the way that I wanted to. Yeah. And that's something that is really important after going to school for all those years doing thousand plus hours of clinical rotations, you at the very least would like to land on a position that makes you feel aligned. I think that's a very important point to note. So thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the types of clients you work with now. Can you share with listeners what your current niche is? Right now, my niche is plant-based weight loss. Awesome. And how is your niche involved? Have you always just I know you obviously have this passion in general, but did you go through that ebb and flow where you're like, oh, I'm not sure if this is worth trying out on Instagram or did you just commit with it? Yeah, I always knew that I wanted to focus on plant-based nutrition, but that was kind of it. With the program helped me realize that a niche is kind of like an upside down pyramid where you start out really broad in general at first. And then over time, you start to see a niche within a niche. And then you start to really scale down into a really specific sort of person. Yeah, for sure. Because plant-based weight loss for women is super specific versus just plant-based. Plant-based what? Like for performance, for men, for you know, newly married women. Like, I love that you mentioned that the upside down pyramid, that's a really good visual for those listening. If you just like, obviously like hold your palms together and start thinking about that big idea, like Nikki said, that's like a good way to kind of work your way down to something that allows you to create a message that resonates with someone really, really specific. Mm -hmm. And what do you like working with this niche? Yeah, well, I get a lot of people who say that they want to go plant-based, but they just don't know where to start. So I really love helping others navigate this lifestyle. Uh, I really love helping women feel more energized and more confident when making their food choices. And I also, just like at the hospital, I really like seeing clients progress over time. So I really like seeing and being part of someone's weight loss journey. Love that. Yeah, it is like such a good feeling to just know that, wow, the information and the guidance that I provide is really helping someone reach this desired outcome, which is totally, totally rewarding. So have you always had this dream? And can you maybe tell us three or four words that come to mind when you think about running your own business and what it affords you? Yeah, I would say that I've always had this dream of being my own boss and starting a business 
because when I was in my internship, I was lucky to have the experience of working with two different private practice dietitians. So I did get a taste of what it was like to be your own boss. And I got to be in this space of entrepreneurship. And I knew at that time that that was going to be me one day. And when I think of three to four words that come to mind, they're more like phrases. I think of staying focused when running your own business, being organized, and also making a lot of money. Ooh, love that. I know maybe I should change it to (laughs) what are phrases that come to mind because someone else did the same thing. I'm like, that's true because it is kind of sometimes more captivating when you're like, I just got so many words to say. The phrase is just kind yeah. of a little bit better than the words. So I love that. I like that you said staying focused and staying organized. And so many people probably don't necessarily think of those two, but they definitely think of the third one, making a lot mm-hmm. of money. But having the first two is like so important and kind of this is like basically the trickle down. Like if you were to turn on the faucet and you want to see it keep running, it would have to be the focus and the organization to keep it flowing. So I like that you started off with those two things because it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I like this visualization of this flow too, because it's like a river. And if you like veer off the river path, then, you know, kind of away from where where you need to go. Exactly. Totally. And what made you decide to start to take it to this next level? Because you said you were posting like recipes, plant-based tips and like perfectly curated photos. So how did you go from that to I want to actually start really telling people that I can help them lose weight with plant-based? Yeah, I think it was really during COVID. There was so much going on and there were so many changes in the world that I had a lot of time to reflect on how I wanted to live my life and what I wanted for my future. And I just didn't see myself rushing to work every day. I didn't see myself wearing the bulky white lab coat. And I just didn't want to work in a rigid environment. So what really made me decide was actually a few months ago, my fiance and I decided to move out of San Francisco and live our lives on the road. So right now we're traveling by car through different parts of the Western United States, living one month at a time in different cities. So, you know, I needed a job where I could work remote and I needed um, flexibility. So Mm -hmm. that is what really decided was the deciding factor to for me. That's so cool. Yeah. And having your own virtual practice. Yeah. You could totally travel the Western States as long as you have some Wi-Fi. Exactly. Good. Yeah. The Wi-Fi and laptop life is like so enticing and what a good reason to want to jump into this, to be able to pursue those travel goals that you and your significant other have. I lived in a really small apartment in San Francisco and there wasn't a desk for me to work at. So I was on my bed working in my room and it was cramping my hips, but now I have a bigger space where my fiance is able to work in, you know, like his office and I'm able to work in my office and actually sit down at a table. It's really nice. Love it. So glad to hear that it's even more 
flexible and more comfortable you living on the road and being able to experience things. What a really cool experience. And a big part of being able to grow your virtual practice and be able to live the life that you want is building a no like trust factor with your audience. And sometimes it takes people a while to kind of have it feel like, oh my God, I, I know what that means now. I'm doing it. So can you give a specific example of when you knew like, yes, I am building no like and trust. I am attracting these ladies who want to do plant-based to lose weight. Yeah, I would say when people start engaging with me on Instagram, commenting on my post, saying things like, oh my gosh, this is so me. And when people start to reach out and message me and say things like, oh, I've been following you for a while. I love your content. And I feel like it speaks right to me. And then that, can you help me? That's when I know that I'm building the know, like, and trust factor because someone's looking for my help and looking for my services. So cool. Yeah, that's super helpful because as an entrepreneur in the very beginning, there is a lot of experimentation and that can be scary. But part of it is starting to learn to find yourself and find your voice and also using the words that your client uses. And then once you've landed on it, the reward is like Nikki is saying is like the comments, the DMs, and you're like, oh, Like it's like a weight off your shoulder. You're like, okay, all this time in Canva is paying off, but it's something you got to look for. I think sometimes people forget to look for it. Like people are literally messaging me on this free platform asking for help and to pay me. And it's like great to kind of like reflect and like note when that happens. So thank you so Mm -hmm. much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. And a big part of you know, getting out there and creating a business online is setting up some goals for yourself and setting goals is a big part of this program. So can you share with the listeners your short-term and long-term goals? And it doesn't necessarily have to be money related. We have people that are listening that don't even have Instagram, that have zero design skills, that haven't done any counseling in like years, right? So any type of short or long-term goals that you had when you started the program, you can share with them. Mm-hmm. In the next three months, I want to make $5,000 per month. In one year, I want to exceed what I was making in the hospital. And I want to pay off my student loans like as soon as possible. Um, so those are my short-term goals. And yeah. my long-term goals, you know, I'm kind of at the age where I'm starting to think about buying a home. So my long, long long-term goals are to not only own a home, but to own two homes, like, so I can have one in the summer and the winter. Ooh, I love that. Summer house and winter house. Okay. Yeah. I'm a warm weather type person. So, (laughs) but also (laughs) all seasons person too. So I want to have a mixture of both. (laughs) So do you have like any ideas of where you would want your homes, even if just one of them? Yeah. Well, I grew up in Lake Tahoe and I really want to own a home there in my hometown. And also where I am right now is Palm Springs and, you know, it's December and it's like 75 degrees. So I could see myself being here for many winters. Love it. Yeah. Lake Tahoe, you get your snow and then you come down to Palm Springs. Nice. Love it. (laughs) Incredible. And 
what are the action steps that you're taking to get to those goals? Like, what are some of the things that you know are really important to make that happen? Mm-hmm. Well, like I said before, staying focused is really important. So I like to have a written to-do schedule of the day. And I like to have a whiteboard in front of me with some like things to do of the week, just so I have it in a couple different places. And I like to have a physical journal or, you know, like the whiteboard where I can cross it off mm-hmm. to help me stay on track. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just being focused on Instagram, on social media too. So just being consistent, showing up in my feed, showing my face, showing up in my stories and just continuing to build the know, like, and trust trust factor so yeah. that I can a- attract clients and so that I can make sales. Love it. And so far with doing the showing up in terms of your face and the content and really just holding yourself accountable to that whiteboard and what you've set up. Can you share how much money you have made and what that money has afforded you? I'm in the process of making my first sales. So right now, what I'm able to do is enjoy the freedom and continue this kind of like digital nomad lifestyle mm-hmm. and to be able to enjoy where I am, wherever I am. Love it. Digital nomad life. Love yeah. it. So cool. And then can you share your money story? Cause you listed that you have this goal of hitting 5k months. And then of course, like making more than you were making in the hospital. And obviously within that realm, there's just predictability, right? Around money and how much you can make. But when it comes to entrepreneurship, a lot of people are scared because they have like these preconceived notions or limiting beliefs about money that stop them from thinking that this is even a possibility. So can you share your money story and what beliefs that you had about money um, coming into growing your own online practice? Yeah, well, growing up, my family didn't have a lot of money. So I always saw money as this finite resource. So I always thought that I was only going to make X amount of dollars per hour, or I thought that I was only going to make 75K a year, you know, and that was it. So thinking about money in this finite way, I realize kind of puts this ceiling over your head and there's no room to grow. And it also gives you a sense that money is going to run out or that it's, you know, going to disappear. So Mm -hmm. I better hold on to everything I can. Like I better hold Mm -hmm. on to what money I have. So I broke free from this just by believing that money is infinite and comes from this infinite source. And it really, you know, had to come from a mindset shift of thinking about money in this like abundant mindset way, just so we don't have to live under a roof of this money ceiling. You know, there's more than that. So yeah, you really have to think about growth and abundance. Yeah. I love that. I love that ceiling comparison because that's something that's so powerful. I'm thinking of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and like just this idea that like 75K when you're first starting out, you might feel like you've been shrunk, 
or no, honey, I shrunk the kids. That's what I'm thinking of. So maybe initially when you're like a new dietitian, you're like 75K, that's a lot. I can really grow into that. Then once you get closer and closer and you become taller, you're like, oh, and I still have like 20 years ahead of me and that's my calf. And then you're like, okay. I think like, then you run into that. And I think it's such an interesting visual thinking about how many people are then running into this situation where they're like, I have to hoard money. I don't have a lot of flexibility. And that's like not a good feeling. So I like that you mentioned that. And yeah, entrepreneurship does afford you to get rid of that and it become more infinite, which is great when it comes to like reaching bigger goals. Yeah. And I think putting a cap or the ceiling over your head also makes you less motivated too, in some ways, because you're like, oh, this is as far as I can go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, such a good point. Oh my yeah. God. I feel like people, if, you, if you've been saying it in your head, I'm glad you said it out loud, Nikki, because I think a lot of people may not be checking themselves that that's a real, real thing that happens when you have a ceiling like that, that are you really going to give it the same effort when you first made that bump to 75K Mm -hmm. and it's like your fifth year and you've asked for like five different promotions over five years, you haven't gotten it. Are you really giving the same effort? Right. Probably not. So that's a really good point that you made. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, thanks for sharing how you're able to break free of that as well. That's always helpful to think about like, what are some strategies and just kind of working towards that. And now that you've gotten to that place and you know that entrepreneurship is the way for you to have more limitless access to money, you've been able to obviously build this business online and create content. So can you walk us through your content creation process? Like how do you develop your messaging to reach your niche? Yeah, I always try to think about how I can help my clients as much as I can. Mm -hmm. So I create a lot of content about going from point A to point B. So I always try to show something to my clients. Or I take note of what they've struggled with in the past, and I try to turn that into a solution in my post. So I'm always trying to learn more about my audience, learn more about my followers and the people who reach out to me. And I try to listen to what they need and how I can help them. Yeah, super, super awesome insights. So where are some places that you're getting this inspiration? Because you did just say that you think about the problems and stuff that they've had before. And, you know, when people are starting out, they struggle with like, I have this person I want to work with, but I don't know where they are. So where are you getting your inspiration? So people listening can get some insights. Yeah, I get a lot of my inspiration just by remembering either experiences or conversations that I've had with even patients at the hospital, even though they weren't in my niche, I still can turn that into a story that's relatable for somebody. Or I just try to remember conversations that I've had with people or friends who have struggled with weight loss in the past Mm -hmm. or have struggled with plant-based eating. Mm -hmm. And I just try to remember those real human conversations or experiences Mm -hmm. to create a post. Yeah. Yeah. Super helpful. I think a lot of people don't give enough credit to their life experiences and the resources that are available to them. Like the fact that you have a Facebook and you have friends. And I bet if you drop a couple of question boxes, you can find people that are willing to say something. Or if you just take a moment with yourself an hour a week and is like, okay, 
let me just think back to a situation where I had a conversation and kind of like map out how you can make it all work into a post. So, so many great suggestions. And in terms of the words you use, like what type of words do you use and what do you find that your ideal clients like really resonating with? I find that people really resonate with actual quotes, like short little quotes. So, you know, these may be like common themes that I hear people say that are really relatable to people Mm -hmm. because maybe they've said that one thing that one time. Or, you know, instead of words, I like to convey feelings or emotion into a post because I also feel that that's really relatable. Or even using words like feeling this way as opposed to feeling that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, feeling is something that is often underutilized as like a marketing tactic. You know, it's very easy to say, okay, this is your problem. Here's a solution, but not noting the emotion behind it. Because oftentimes people know what they need to do. Like, obviously when you're talking about going from meat eating to plant-based, the logic's there, right? But they're, they're going to miss things. They're going to miss meat. I mean, it's just a natural thing. They may want to try plant-based wholeheartedly, but they have those emotional pieces. So the fact that you're acknowledging that is a beautiful thing and it's showing empathy and showing that, okay, that this person's going to understand that. I know you did a post about cheese recently, you know, that cheese, like regular cheese versus a vegan cheese. It's not like a matter of just go to traders or wherever and just go get the cheese. It's like a mindset shift. So mm-hmm. tapping into those feelings is so important. So thanks so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when you're creating content, you know, not everything's going to land well, So what do you do when your post doesn't do well? And like, how does that make you feel? When my posts don't do well, I'm always a little bit bummed, but I really try to study it and see what made it different than a post that did well. I feel that there's a lot that we can learn from studying our posts, whether it does well or whether it doesn't do so well. So I always try to see it as an opportunity to improve. You know, I'll get a little sad at first, but then I'm like, oh, I could make this better. And it makes me feel better. Good. That's the whole point because, you know, it, it is, has to be more of a matter of just acknowledging it, seeing what you can do to do better and just moving forward because it's easy, obviously easier said than done. But with time, you're going to just start to know that as long as you just keep moving forward, you're better off than like harping on something because it didn't land the way you thought it would. But mm-hmm. learn something, which is so important for growth. And a big part of that is really just being willing to start imperfectly. And that's what the dietitian boss method teaches is that you just have to get out there and do it. So can you share a time where you were given advice by a coach to just do something imperfectly and how you felt about it? Because it can be very scary coming from more of a rigid, um, structured clinical environment to something where there's a little bit of the unknown. So I would love for you to share some of that advice when you were challenged to think and do something imperfectly. Yeah, I would say just even in the beginning when I was doing my very first few posts, I had so many ideas about, you know, making a good impression for my, my followers and saying the right things. And I wanted everything to be perfect. And what I really felt that that was, this was doing was only creating more time. Like I had to 
do it perfect. So I had to redo one post a hundred times, or I had to rewrite the caption a bunch of times. So I felt that because I was taking up so much time, I'm like, okay, well, this is time that I could be serving a client or figuring out another solution for a client. So yeah, yeah, I had to really get over that perfectionism and just post it, even if it's not how I want it to be. And then you know, you kind of learn over time, you kind of get less hung up on things, you get more clear. And yeah, you just end up figuring it out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's a big part of it. It's just allowing yourself to just trust the process and just let go of the things that can hold you back like perfectionism. And going into something that also hangs people up outside of starting imperfectly is like sales calls and like Mm -hmm. getting into that. Cause you know, you're, when you're in a hospital, you know, you have a roster of clients. These aren't people you're going out to seek. You don't need to sell them on their treatment in a burn unit. They're there to receive your counseling versus on social media, you're attracting them with your graphics and you have to get them on a call. So can you share how you approach sales and how your mindset has evolved? Yeah, I always try to approach sales in a friendly way. So when people reach out, I really like to bring in my own personality. I like to reflect back on their struggles and provide a lot of like active listening so that they can feel heard and you know, also see how I can help. Yeah, super super helpful. And another piece of it, it's not even just on the calls, but also like pitching your offer and stories and stuff. So how did you feel about finally saying like your offer on social media for the first time? Can you give an example of that and what you had to do to adjust your mindset if you did have a hang up about it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I first pitched my offer on social media, I was really excited. I was like, wow, okay, I'm doing it. But then I had that doubt in me, you know, after people started viewing it, I was thinking, is anyone going to want this? Like, is someone going to actually book a call with me? But I kept saying to myself and reframing my mindset by saying to myself, I know what I can offer. I know how I can help people. I know that I'm helping people in the way that I want to. And, you know, just having these affirmations made it more comfortable for me to post daily on social media about my offerings. Because then I also realized that if you don't offer it, then how is someone going to know that you're there for them. Yeah, Yeah, totally, totally. And once you got on a call, can you share or started practicing your sales calls? Can you share a little bit about kind of what it sound like and like, what are some, some action steps that you took to improve your confidence? Yeah, my very first call, I was definitely reading from a script just so I wouldn't miss out on anything. You know, I wanted to be as clear but concise as I could. So I just read from a script because 
I wanted it to be perfect, but (laughs) I actually want to start weaning myself off of the script just so I can be more natural and sound less robotic because our clients want to talk to a real person. They don't want to talk to a robot. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And thanks for sharing that tip because having some structure can be really helpful for someone who's never had a bunch of sales roles or is maybe more naturally introverted. So having that structure can be very comforting and keeping, like you said, keeping it clear, keeping it concise. Most importantly, having like some type of structure so it doesn't just go all haywire. But I do agree at some point you do have to let off the training wheels and just like go and be natural so you don't sound like a robot. So thanks for sharing that. And the last thing I would love for you to share is a specific example of how the dietitian boss method has empowered you. And if you can share a story or example, that would be awesome. Yeah, well, I always knew that I wanted to start my own private practice and start a business. So the dietitian boss method really helped me get started on the right foot. I also knew that I was moving. I knew that there was going to be a lot of changes in my life and traveling around. So going through the program has really empowered me to feel confident starting a business when things may be a little bit, you know, fluid. So yeah, it's really helped me take the guesswork out of it. And it's also helped me to reduce mistakes along the way so that I can feel really good about traveling. And so I can really enjoy myself fully while I'm going through this awesome opportunity and living this cool lifestyle. I love it. So incredible. So inspiring. And just as a reminder, you guys, you can find Nikki on Instagram. Be sure to check her out at plant-based period stress-free. She also is on Facebook, Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, Karatov, K-A-R-E-T-O-V. Be sure to check out the show notes in case you missed it. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothchild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.